Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before you, you endured the cross, despised the shame, yet you stayed there for us that we might have life and have that more abundantly. For that we say thank you. Thank you, dear Master, for this opportunity to stand again in your place to speak your word. Father, I am so unworthy. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done even thy sight. But Father, you look beyond my faults. You look beyond my failures. And right now you see the need of your people. Father, I ask that you speak to us, that you speak through us, and you speak for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, good morning, Hopewell. Good morning, Hope at home. Good morning, and, and God bless you. Giving all honor to God, who is our Savior and our Lord, to Pastor Swims. God bless you. I just want to thank you and the First Lady for receiving, and the rest of Hopewell, for receiving my wife and I here and making this home for us. We visited one other church, but we, we, done, we did well by coming to the Hope. To my fellow laborers in the Lord, God bless you. Uh, we thank you to the deacons. Now, Pastor, I do have a problem with some of your deacons. Now, last week, when Dallas had that unfortunate, the Cowboys had that unfortunate incident against Philadelphia, some of your deacons, and it would be improper for me to call out Brother Lane and Brother uh, Baker, I would not call their names in public. Noah would not do that. But some of those deacons called me in the pretense that they were feeling sorry for me and my wife because they know that we are big cowboy fans. But the way the conversation went, I don't think that it was too much sorrow. I think it was a little joy in that. But so, you know, but with everybody else, to the other deacons that you have, good morning. To the mothers of this church, God bless you. I do. I never got a chance to meet Mother Calvert, but I saw her on, uh, I heard her on, on the Sunday school. And, and when uh, I got an offered opportunity to teach the Sunday school classes on every other first Sunday, I had to call. I had to call Mother Calvert. She don't play. I didn't see it, you know, I'm a big guy and I'm not afraid of nobody, but that lady, she kind of intimidated me. So I kind of humbled myself down. I said, ma'am, if you don't mind, I sure would like to teach. And so luckily she, 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 she blessed us with that. To my other brothers and sisters here at Hopewell, we do thank you so much for receiving us and making this our home. Pastor, I do thank you for this opportunity. It's probably been two years since I've been able to stand in this saddle and preach God's word. So I do thank you for that because it's like fire that's been shut up in our bones. And so I do thank you for that. To my lovely wife, Gloria, God bless you. Amen. You know, Pastor, when I was a little bitty boy, I used to have these dreams about this girl, and she was very beautiful. And once I got married, one Sunday after church, you know, you get tired, and we were just laying down. And 
and and I looked at her in a certain angle and I had this deja vu and I remember brother Baker that that was the girl that was in my dreams now now for you young guys over there that's how you pay your bills just like that all right okay this morning this morning I am my Bible this morning is open to the book of John the 11th chapter and I just want to share a few verses with you now I notice I've never been up here before but I've never seen that clock back there and so I think that's to remind me pastor that I don't need to be too long so I'm going to have you out long before two o'clock <laughs> long before two o'clock John chapter 11 verses 23 through 27 when you have it, let me hear you say amen. amen. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. May the Lord add a blessing and the hearing uh, to the a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. You may be seated. When I look at the mental state of the world right now, it is really, really terrible. There was a, a, a article that came out by Sapien Labs that looked at the mental state of the world in, uh, in 2022. And, and one of their statements said the most immediate concern raised by the data that they had been finding is that an alarming plummet in the mental well-being across successive younger generations is prevalent across every single country population that we sampled. The reasons behind this decline are, like, are likely the numerous and complex, but are numerous and complex, but they add to the ongoing debate around the consequences growing up in an internet-dominated and an inequitable world. You think about that. Our children, our adults, everyone now is in a strange situation with the way things are in this world. And I think the reason why, the next slide please, I think the reason why they are in this situation is because what you see up front. Now, I imagine that most of you in here have used at least five of the things that you see up there. I imagine most of you in here, like me sometime, spend more time on that than I do on this. That puts us into some strange situations. Next slide, please. 
You know, and the reason why is that the angles that they take when they present the material to you. Now, when we put our Facebook post up, we put only the positive things. But when you look at the news media and some of these other things, negative sales, you know, bad news travels fast and good news moves slow if it moves at all. Negative sales, but also negative also kills. You know, the average life expectancy in America has dropped again and again and again and again, and it's continuing to go down. It's not just because of our eating habits, but it's because of stress and not being able to deal with negative situations. You know, it's once been said that you're either in a negative situation right now, you're out of a neg well, if it hits you, just say amen. You're in a negative situation right now. You either, or you just come out of a negative situation, or you're headed to a negative situation. It could be that you've lost a job, or you've got bad grades, or you don't know whether you're gonna go on probation, suspension for our college students, or academic warning, financial aid probation. Who knows what's next? You are either in one or you're headed to one, or you may have suffered some serious financial losses, or the price and the, the, the status of the economy has gone up, but you're in a negative situation, or you've been in a sickness or just coming out of a sickness, or you have experienced like we have here at Hopewell a death. But Jesus reminds us in John 16 and 33 that in this world, you will have tribulations. But he also encouraged us to be of good courage because we have overcome this world if we're in him. I want you to look at the next photo, please. This fish is in a negative situation. Not only is he in a fishbowl, but he's in a fishbowl that's got a spigot to it, and the spigot is turned on. A lot of us might be feeling right now the stresses in our lives that this is the way we are. We don't know what the future is going to hold. We don't know what it's going to be like. But John 11, 23 through 27 gives us some hope. And that hope and that thought that I want to leave with you today is that Jesus makes the difference. Now, Pastor, it's been a while. Like I said, it's been about two years since I've been in this seat. But when I was here the last time, they would always say, look to your neighbor and say, Jesus makes the difference. Now, you just can't, it's not, it's not notice how that's, that, that's, that's uh, 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 it's punctuated. Jesus makes the difference. Not Jesus makes the difference, but Jesus makes the difference. Now that you know how it's punctuated, look to your neighbor and say, Jesus, Jesus makes the difference. Let me see if I can give you a background. You see, here this lesson is set up in Bethany, which is about two miles from Jerusalem. Jesus had, see, Jesus had demonstrated many, many, many other miracles and signs that had been that had been demonstrated in his three-year ministry, and he's almost to the end of his three-year ministry period right now. He's, but, and John, who is the author of this book, 
tells us why he wrote the book. He says, but these are written that you might believe and that believing in Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. You see, John wrote this book to increase our faith in Jesus. You see, John wrote with one purpose in mind, that we would believe that Jesus was the Christ, the promised one, the Son of God, and by believing we might have life through his name. Now, once again, Jesus knew this family. He had a personal relationship with the situation. I don't know whether you're in a situation, you just come out of a situation, or you're headed to a situation, but you've got to realize this morning, we've got to realize this morning that Jesus has personal relationships with our situation. With this situation, it was a man named Lazarus who was sick, and he lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the same Mary that in the next chapter, when he goes to Bethany, uh, a few a week or so, six days before the Passover, she anoints his feet and his with her with this costly ointment, and the odor fills the house. And one of the disciples said, "Hey, she, this ointment could have been sold and given to the poor." And Jesus said, "No, no, no. She did this as an anointment for my death, and so she was forecasting through her act what would happen to Jesus." So that was that same Mary, this Mary who later poured the ointment on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was the one who was sick. So the two sisters, they sent a message to Jesus telling them, Lord, your dear friend or the one who you love is very sick. So although Jesus loved Mary and Lazarus, this close relationship did not prevent them getting into a negative situation. You see, we believe a lot of times that once we walk down this aisle and we give our heart to Christ and we begin our tithing process and we begin going to Sunday school and we begin praying every day that we won't have negative situations in our lives. But Jesus tells us real plainly that in this world you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome this world. You see, notice that Jesus did not, that, that, that close relationship, that personal relationship of Jesus with the situation didn't prevent Lazarus' sickness. It didn't prevent Lazarus' death. It didn't prevent Mary and Martha's sadness, nor did it prevent their sorrow and hopelessness that they had as a result of this situation. You see, not only did Jesus not only have a personal relationship to the situation, notice that there was a proclamation of Jesus about this situation when he found out about it. It says when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. Now, by the time, as we, if you studied this lesson, by the time Jesus pronounces that, Lazarus has already died died because from where Jesus was at this time, which was across the river Jordan where John had, had been baptizing, he had retreated over there because there had been so much turmoil in the city and they had tried to stone him. So he left this area. 
And while he was there, which is about a day's journey from where Bethany is, it took a day's journey to get over there. Lazarus died. It took a day's journey for him to get back. But notice what happened. But when Jesus heard about it, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. You see, not only was he, did Jesus have a personal relationship to the situation, but he had a proclamation about it. He said it happened so that God would get the glory. I can't understand why you're not shouting and jumping up for joy because your situation, whether you're in one situation or you headed to a situation or you just come out a situation, has just been explained to you. It's been explained that you in what you're in so that God can get the glory. You know, too often we think we're in our situation because of us. This situation was not about Lazarus. Please do not focus on the fact that Jesus, the Son of God, with all power in heaven and earth, was able to raise somebody from the dead. This message is not about the miracle. This message is about Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who makes the difference. Amen? It's not about the miracle. You're going to come out of your situation. You may not ever come out of your situation. You may have to, it may be sickness, it may be death. Who knows what it is? This situation is not about you. Some of us have never been in any situation from the looks on your faces. But if you've been in a situation, you know that it was not about you. It was about Jesus. You see, the revelation to Mary and to Martha and to us is that Jesus is the one who makes the difference in hopeless situations. Not only did we notice that Jesus had a personal relationship to the situation and Jesus made a proclamation about the situation, but Jesus took some peculiar actions in this situation. You see, he stayed where he were for the next two days. Now, he said, the disciple whom you love, was the message, is sick. Now, remember Jesus when he healed the centurion's uh, son, daughter, son, one of them. He was, when, when, he <laughs> when he healed the centurion's child, Amen. Remember, it's been two years since I've been in this saddle now. We've got a few saddle sores right now. Since when he healed the centurion's son, he did that from a distance. So Jesus took some peculiar actions about this situation. He stayed where he were, where he was for the next two days, and then he learned and he relayed his plan that was going to happen to his disciples. He told his disciples, he said, when it was time, he said, let's go to, let's go to Bethany. His disciples said, Lord, don't you remember that they tried to, to stone you 
a few days ago. He said, look, guys, I got to work while it's day. Because when I'm working in the day, I'm not going to stumble. In other words, I, I, I got a set time and a set place to do what I've got to do. You know, and what Jesus, I don't know, again, Pastor, I'm a little confused. It's this thing on. Maybe the folks online are shouting. Because there's another revelation here that not only Jesus has given us the, 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 the reason why we get into these situations, that they're going to give glory to God. The reason why Jesus acts strange to us in our situations is that he's trying to teach us to wait on God. You see, think about when you were in a situation and you came out of the situation. Think about, we came out just in time for us to be able to stand up to the trial that we were in. Didn't he though? Just about when you think you wasn't going to have money to pay that bill, something came along. Just about thinking when you wasn't going to be able to make it, something came along. Just about thinking when you couldn't stand where mama or daddy or sister or brother had died and you didn't know how you was going to make it, something was going to come along. Just because that son or that daughter went into jail and you didn't know what was going to happen, something came along. You see, Jesus knows exactly how to teach us how to bear the trial. Jesus knows how to teach us how long that we have to wait on God so we can stand the trial. Because tribulations work with patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not a shame. The most important in that list is experience. You see, once we've gone through something, we begin to get some confidence, which is not confidence, it's faith, we begin to get faith that God can take us through the next thing. If you ain't never been through nothing, you're afraid to go through something, but once you've gone through something, you can go through anything. You say, I was 20 years younger, I will repeat that all over again, but I can't remember what I just said. Not only will he teach us to bear the trial but, and teach us how to stand up to the trial, he'll teach us that how to be helped during the trial. You know, the, 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 the strange thing about uh, every trial and every tribulation is that we gain something from it. We become a little bit better. And a little bit better is actually an increase in our faith. And when our faith increases, our standing increases. When our standing increases, we begin to be able to stand up and stand out for God. You know, Jesus comes in just in time when we have learned the most, and Jesus comes in just in time so we can bear the testimony about this. Strange thing about that word, testimony. Notice test is at the beginning is in the middle I know that may not be great grammar but it's great theology and money is on the end there is a blessing at the end as long as we are in the middle of the test that God is putting us through you, you, you see the reason why I know that's good news pastor is that because Jesus is the one who makes the difference 
I'm, I'm almost finished with you. Well, you know, preachers get three closings, and that's my first one. Not only do, did he, do we see a personal relationship of Jesus to the situation, and we see a pronunciation of Jesus to the situation, and we see some peculiar actions of Jesus to the situation, we finally, thank the Lord, get to the purpose of the situation. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm so glad. Think about that. Lazarus is dead and Jesus is glad. I still don't understand, Pastor. I finally understand why you keep telling us what's wrong with us. We ought to be praising and jumping off the walls right about now. Lazarus is in his situation. Mary and Martha are grieving. They're in their situation. This boy is already dead. Jesus done waited two days. The theory was, uh, in Jewish custom, is that the soul would hover around the body for three days, hoping that the body would come back alive again. But after three days, wasn't any hope. I don't know about your situation, but I've been in situations in the past where I didn't have any hope. I didn't have how, I didn't know how it was going to work out. I didn't know if it was going to work out. I didn't know could it work out. But God worked it out because Jesus gave me the purpose for the situation. He said, I'm so glad that I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. You see, Minister Ford, I don't want them to miss People miss out on little bitty words. There's a little bitty word there. It's called really. You see, it's a lot of us that believe. Ain't many of us that really believe. Now you said, now wait a minute now, minister. You, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know whether I believe or if I really believe. Well, if you really believe, you wouldn't be worried about your situation. <laughs> if you really believe, you wouldn't be acting the way you were. I talked to a lot of students, pastor, and I said, what do you think you're going to make it? I don't know. Some of the same ones that you see showing up here every Sunday morning. You talk to people who are going through death. I don't know how they just crying instead of just being a homecoming celebration. It's a private worry about what's going to happen for tomorrow. I see people so afraid of COVID and everything. And you're supposed to be. You're supposed to take the necessary precautions. But see what faith is. Faith is opening up, a, you know, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Uh, let me give you, okay, I forgot I'm at church. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. Now, I know you got faith, but do you really believe? See, it's evident that you got, because I watched y'all when y'all came in this morning. Brother Bacon, his wife, they came here, they brought their stuff up to the front row, and they just, all they did, they just, they didn't even think about it. They just sit down. 
See, I remember the phone call he gave me, and I know that that's where they sit. I started to sneak in on Wednesday and halfway saw them legs out the thing. But they, 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 they forgot about that. They had faith in that chair, and so did you that it was going to hold you. I know you have faith in Jesus, but do you really believe? You see, if you really believe, let me tell you what faith really is. Faith is opening up a door without a floor, seeing no bottom, picking up a rock, dropping it, not being able to hear the bottom. Most people would stop right there and say faith would be taking a step out into that. That's belief. But if you really believe, not only will you take a step out, you're going to jump out because you know even if there's no bottom to it and you die when you hit the bottom, everything's still going to be all right. Now, 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 I know I'm a side and I'm, and I, and I, okay, I got 13 minutes, oh, seven minutes left. Okay, so let me, seven minutes left. No, I got seven minutes left. Because, <laughs> see, I know folks' attention span is about 27 minutes or so. I've taught enough classes that, okay, don't holler, don't take your time. You done took enough time already. <laughs> but, but I have to pause here because I need to teach just a little bit on faith. Faith is always a gift from God, and it's never that can be produced on your own. Well, Pastor, I just need to increase my faith. No, you can't. You can't. Faith is a gift of God. It's always a gift from God and never something that can be produced by people. Faith is God's divine persuasion. You see, faith comes from the if you look at where it says faith is a substance of things hoped for, if you look at that word faith there, it comes from the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. -I and what that means is that it's, it's much different. It's much more different than, it, it, it's, it's, it's a God is persuading you. He is changing your whole mind about a situation. God is, is, is separating your, who you are from what you believe. You see, what you believe, you are confident in it, right? You're confident that that's going to hold you up. But, but that's not faith. Confidence is not faith, even though it involves faith. When you have faith, you're going to be confident, but confidence is not faith. You got that? You confident that the car you drove out here, you're going to drive home in. But that's not faith. Faith is God divine persuasion. It's a God-given guarantee. It's a God-given, not, not promise, but a guarantee. I don't know why they're not shouting right now. Are y'all shouting online? 
I can't hear them either. Notice Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace we have, we have been saved, how? Through faith. It is a what? Gift of God. Faith is a God-given thing, not something we can produce ourselves. Because if we could, we would start to boast and to brag that, yeah, I got some faith. Five minutes left. Some of y'all went to that song way back, way back in the day, didn't you? Not, so we now see Mary and Martha in conversation. Well, Martha particularly. Mary will go a little bit later. But we don't have time for that, brother, uh, 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 Minister Ford. We see Martha's, the profession of Martha's faith in Christ. So when Martha got the word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. She said, but even now, I know that God can give you whatever you ask. I love that even now. You see, Mary professes two faith statements in Jesus Christ, and she shares with us one of the reasons why Jesus makes a difference in our lives. Notice she had faith. Just like us, she said, if you had been here, I know. I know. I know. I got confidence that my brother would not have died. And I got confidence that whatever you ask of God, he'll give it to you. But see, Jesus, Mary is demonstrating some limited faith. Limited faith. She said, if you had been here, I know my brother would not have died. Notice that it's some disappointment in Jesus. Some of us in our middle of our situations, I know I'm guilty of it, we express, God, why you let me go through this? Lord, what's wrong with these folks? Why they jacking up the gas prices like that? They know folks can't pay gas and eat like that. Why is all of this going on? Jesus, why are you letting this happen? Why you let big mama die? She the only somebody taking care of us. God, why did, why did that happen to them? Why can't those folks, why those, or those why are they doing that, this? Politically correct. Okay. little disappointment that Jesus didn't act when she wanted him to act. You ain't guilty of that, are you? Lord, why are you, why you, why you doing this? Why, why are you taking so long? Lord, I'm pray I paid my tithes yesterday. You, I'm supposed to get some money this week. It's some disappointment that Jesus did not act where. She wanted him to act. She said, if you had been here, remember that Jesus could do anything, anywhere. You see, what this is symptomatic of is that really what she is saying is that Jesus don't know best or he don't know what is best. 
She the one that know the solution here. Her main goal was what? Not to get, La was to get Lazarus alive again. But God's main goal was to do what? And to help them what? And, to, and that belief increases they what? Lord have mercy. I think we're going somewhere here. But, but notice also her limited faith. She said, but even now, Lord, I hope we could just get to that point. Even now, regardless what the situation looked like, regardless how dark it is, regardless that it's 11 o'clock at night and I got to be there by 11.05, even now, I know whatsoever you asked of God. Notice she still got some limited faith. She was unsure if Jesus could act like she wanted him to. Isn't that something? Martha just terrible, isn't she? And you is too. I was at a sex visit one time, a accreditation visit at a school in Alabama. Wait, that's good enough. I just say Alabama, right? I could just stop right there. And this girl, she stood up and she said, we was asking them how did they like the university, and she said, it's all right, but, you know, they don't do this, and they don't do this, and they don't do this, and this white boy behind her started laughing. And she said, well, I, I'm bipolar, and I'm manic and bipolar. And he started laughing, and she said, and you is too? Oh, I'm sorry, I digress. But praise be to God. He never leaves us with limited faith if we take the example and try to move toward lasting faith. And that's what I want to get to. Mary and Martha and the rest of these disciples had seen Jesus turn water to wine. They had seen Jesus heal the sick. They had seen him multiply food and fed 5,000 men beside women and children. They had seen him give sight to the blind. They had seen him cleanse lepers. They had seen him paid water bills. They had seen them get boys out of jail. They had seen them make good grades when there was no grades that was possible. They had seen all of these things, but none of them had realized that he could raise the dead after somebody had been dead four days. Therefore, he is now preparing to, to take their limited faith to a lasting faith. You see, oftentimes we have to follow Jesus into uncharted territory for him to place us in the midst of his will for our lives. We must trust his word and even when we can't understand his ways. There's another one of those that should have been shouting now. We have to trust his word even when we can't understand his ways. You see, in essence, it may not look like I'm doing what God has said that I will do. You feel that in your life sometimes? And that's why we feel we're in those situations, because we're looking at the situation rather than what God is, is taking us through. It may not look like I'm doing what God has said I would do. It may not feel like I'm doing what God has said I would do. And it may not seem like I'm doing what God has said to do. But in actuality, what God is doing, my faith is, is increasing. And I'm doing exactly what God has said that I would do. 
Jesus makes the difference. He said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he's going to rise in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said to her, you got it twisted. I'm not talking about in the future. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about right now because I can make the difference in this situation. You see, our thoughts may say in the resurrection, but Jesus makes the difference and say he is the resurrection and the life. Notice he said, I am. It's not that I got to ask God for something. I am the resurrection. I can make the difference in your life. If you're going through a situation, Jesus can make the difference in your life. If you're going through something right now, Jesus can make the difference in your life. If you're in something right now, Jesus can make the difference in your life. If you just come out of something, realize that Jesus made the difference in your life. If you're on your way towards something and you're afraid of what's going to happen in the future, Jesus can make the difference in your life. Well, you can cut that thing off now, Brother Ford. We've got there. You know, is limited faith good? Is limited faith good? It's all right, but it ain't enough. We need to move from limited faith to lasting faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. I don't know, but I know who does, and I know who did, and I know him, and because I know him, then I'm going to be all right. And I, I know, even though I got limited faith, I got a lasting faith that either I'm in or out or headed to, whatever it is, it's going to be all right. Finally, one minute left, he asked that question. Same one I'm asking you this morning. He said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. If you believe in Jesus, you might die but you're going to live. There you go. Somebody got it. I heard, if you believe in Jesus, if you have that God-given faith that God has persuaded you to believe in Jesus, because who makes the difference? I don't think you got me. Who makes the difference? Jesus makes the difference. If you got Jesus, you got life. 1 John 5, 11 and 12 says, and this is the testimony that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. Not will have life. You've got this resurrected life right now. Do you believe this? Not confidence in it. You've got faith in this. Huh. 
not up to debate. Lasting faith is that God is who he said he was and that he can do what he said he could do. Martha's response is, yes, I believe. So you might be in that negative situation right now, and I don't care what the world report says. I've got faith that even though that looks like a bottomless pit, it's going to be all right even if I have to jump. Do you believe? Last slide. I want to get you back to our boy who was in that negative situation. You see, that's where you are right now. You may have been in a negative situation. You may be down in the dumps because you're looking at the spigot turned on with no hope, no promise of tomorrow. Don't know how it's going to work out. Don't know if you're going to make it or not. But now that you know his word, now that you know what he can do, you've got to have enough faith to take a jump. If you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior, Mary's baby, that bright and morning star, the Alpha and the Omega, the one who came through her through many generations, the one who came and was died on the cross for us, left heaven, made himself in the form of a servant, suffered, did many miracles, but died on the cross for us to pay our sin debt. His innocent blood was shed, for without the shedding of innocent blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. That paid our debt, and God was so satisfied. He was the resurrection and the life. And on that third day morning, hallelujah. Hallelujah. All power in heaven and earth. He got up with all power in his hands. If you've never trusted him as your savior, time for you to jump. Jump up from your seat right now. Jump up from where you are. If you never received him as your savior, come on down forward. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the one that can make a difference. If you're in a situation and you need help out of that situation, jump up from your seat. Come on down. We'll pray for you. We'll pray with you. He can make the difference in this situation. If you're a college student and you need a place to call home, it's a lot of bad things that's happening out there. It's a lot of great things that's happening in here. And you need somebody to watch over you while you're here. We'll gladly take that responsibility. Time to jump up out of your seat. As the pastor gives the invitation, I encourage you to take your leap of faith. God, we said what you told us to say. We didn't add to or we didn't take away. So, Father, we pray right now that you'll speak to their hearts. 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen.